every business should have access to high-speed internet, no matter where they are. But getting fast speeds in rural Canada hasn't always been easy, which meant less reliability, scalability, and connectivity. ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions has the network to help you do business virtually anywhere in Canada. With extensive fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite networks, we're bringing the high speeds of the big city to small towns, to tiny towns, and even no towns. No matter your business size or location, get connected today with ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions. Are you ready to clear a new path? Welcome to Clearing a New Path podcast, a space for the underrepresented voices of women entrepreneurs in rural Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Ray. Each episode, guests will speak authentic truth because it's the truth that connects us. Each one inspires us all to take up space within our own communities and within the business world reminding us that each path can be messy and unique. Join us on the journey, clearing a new path. is a wildland firefighter in the Kootenays in British Columbia. She says they had a hell of a season in 2021, as you can imagine. But not only was Ashley fighting fires, running into the flames as others were running out, but she has been growing her business, Ash Fireware. When Ashley started firefighting several years ago, she was one of only a few females fighting fires in her region. There were no companies that made firefighting clothing specifically designed for women. Now that more women have entered the field, and after coming home from a particularly challenging tour a few years ago, Ashley realized that not only was her clothing ill-fitting, but it also felt unsafe. So she started to research, and as a proud Indigenous woman, she thought, I have aunties who can sew. It took her a few years, and she was sidelined a little bit with the COVID-19 pandemic, but she's been moving forward with a line of clothing, not only for firefighters, but also for folks working in the mining industry. Ash Fireware isn't just for women, it's for everyone, and it's environmentally friendly. At one point, I asked Ashley what compelled her to take up such a noble career as firefighting. And she was quite open in saying that in the past, she got into an unhealthy lifestyle and got tired of waking up hungover. So she decided to enter the career and she hasn't looked back. Ash Fireware is soon expanding into a line of undergarments specifically designed for her target customers. Ashley, where do you hail from? Where in rural or remote Canada are you? 
I reside in Fairmont Hot Springs, located in the East Kootenays in British Columbia. Um, if you don't know where Fairmont Hot Springs is, um, it's mostly part of the Columbia Valley in the East Kootenays. So it ranges from somewhat of golden area all the way down south to Tobacco Plains, uh, which would be the Roosevelt border in Montana. It's, it's huge. It's a huge territory. Um, when we get on the other sides of the Purcells, that's we call the West Kootenays. But I'm also Tanaka Nation, so that is part of our territories. Okay, so you've pinpointed where you are, and it sounds picturesque in the mountains and, you know, lots of terrain. And you have a super unique job. You are a firefighter. And how did you, how did you feel called, I guess, is my question. Back in the day, um, well, I'm 35 years old. I'll be 35 in October, actually. So about 14 years ago, um, I was young, early 20s. Um, <clears throat> I did a lot of drugs and I drank a lot. So I had substance abuse problems, along with other problems like trauma, childhood trauma and stuff like that. Um, I just woke up one day and I was just like, I don't want to live my life like this anymore. I'm tired of being hungover, feeling like crap all the time, always looking for your next fixed. And I just didn't want to live my life like that. So I joined the fire department, the structural fire department. And I never looked back after that. Um, so I was, when I first started 14 years ago in the structural fire department, I was one of a, one other girl in the fire department. Being a woman in a man's world um, was a huge huge eye opener, um, especially, you know, feeling intimidation and stuff like that. So throughout the years, I just... I loved firefighting. It, it was just a passion of mine that I had being in the medical field and being in the fire. It took me years to get to where I am today. So for instance, four years ago, I lived in Saskatchewan and I did a lot of firefighting schools out there and stuff like that. And I was a deputy chief out there at one of the fire departments. All pushed to cut, shove, I decided to move back to British Columbia. Uh, things just weren't working out in Saskatchewan, and I, I really missed home, my people, my family, my friends. So I came home, um, and I just, I did this one course for two weeks, which was wildland firefighting, and I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, once again, I was the only female in the course. I was the only one that got hired out of the course, and I took it, and I made it my own. So for the past four years, I've been doing wildland firefighting, also urban interface, and a little bit of structural. Not so much structural anymore because wildland has consumed my life a lot, um, hence the reason why I have a business out of it now. I also do a partner business in with wildland firefighting crews, so I go around to most of all the reserves in British Columbia, recruiting and training and hiring firefighters and it's also for non-natives as well I have a lot of them as well and they're great they're all great firefighters and then so a couple years ago how Ash Firewear started was it was my first year wildland firefighting and I struggled I struggled a lot to find uh, PPE that fit me um, not to mention I'm a bigger girl I'm not petite I've never been petite in my entire life so um, finding PPE, wildland clothes that fit a curvy woman 
was next to impossible. So most of the stuff they have out there are meant for men. Men have square body types. They don't have round bums. They don't have hips, right? They don't have breasts. <laughs> we have a little bit more curves to our body than they do. So I struggled and I've been to every store you can imagine, even in Saskatchewan. When I lived in Saskatchewan, I worked in the oil patch. So I'm quite familiar with the PPE there as well. And so I just got angry and upset. <laughs> and I was like, well, I have aunties that can make clothing for me. And I'm like, well, why would I just limit it to myself? Because, you know, there's, there's other women out there that are probably having the same issues as I am. So I took my idea, I put it on a piece of paper, like a lot of paper, and it took me months to write this down. It was my business plan. And I submitted it to um, Tanaka Council. And they liked my idea and they are the ones that gave me my first grant. So lo and behold, three to four years later, starting an actual clothing line in the beginning of a pandemic was also a huge struggle. I'm still struggling a bit till this day, but my networking system is a lot bigger now. So people know that I'm here. People know that I'm around. Um, so, and they love my ideas of the clothing and the biodegradable PPE. So a little bit about Ash Fireway, Ash Firewear. So I design and manufacture female firefighting clothing, but just not limited to her. So we want to protect our brothers as well. And um, that's where a lot of my sales do come from because the women world is quite small still, but it's available now for women. So what separates me from every other FR company in North America is that my clothing is biodegradable. So a lot of the PPE, Nomex, um, NFPA standards that you have to follow, a lot of those main ingredients are made out of crude oil or radioactive material. Now you think about it, we're putting that stuff on our clothes, on our skin. So when we sweat, um, it opens our pores and we absorb all the chemicals that are in this fabric. Not to mention, it's not even that great for the environment as well. A lot of people throw their PPE in the garbage, which is not supposed to because it's harmful for the environment. It's actually supposed to be recycled and it's burnt at a very high intensity. So my clothing that uh, is made out of 100% all natural materials, that's including my thread and my tags. My brass zippers can be recycled so they don't have to go straight into the dump. and I tried to make it eco-friendly all because we are firefighters. Uh, this year, 2021 fire season was crazy. It was super crazy. I did four tours this year. Um, we've seen a lot of stuff. <laughs> we lost a lot of towns here in BC. Um, a lot of people lost their homes, their, their acreages, their animals. Like it was pretty devastating here in BC this year. It's finally windled down. It's kind of nice to be at home and enjoying fall and the cooler weather. But yeah, so back to PPE. For instance, I had four sets of PPE this year. So, and I used them all. So at the beginning of the season, <laughs> you're usually a little bit bigger and then you shrink down the size. So you get down to a few other smaller sizes. So, which is nice to have. <laughs> But also my material is durable enough that um, it did really well with rips and shreds. It didn't do much 
which was amazing because um, I didn't know how this fabric, because this is the first year that Ash Firewear has been out on the fire line. Um, and I wore it the entire season. I loved it. A lot of my employees wore it and they loved it too. Just a few. And I got my positive feedbacks and I got my negative feedbacks, right? So I can take those feedbacks and I can insert them into the next year's upcoming fire season. So every news is good news to me, whether it's bad or good. <laughs> I want to hear everybody's input all the time. That is a lot and, and, and amazing stuff. Like, I mean, astonishing that you have just filled the need. Actually, what you're doing is I think we say, if you can see it, you can be it. So uh, in any kind of promotional things where we want to be more inclusive, you are a female firefighter and you're exemplifying an indigenous female firefighter. But by creating clothing that actually is made for female firefighters, you're being even more inclusive and demonstrating that women have a place. How does that feel? It feels great because, like I said, when I started, there wasn't very many women in the field at all. And that's not just firefighting, but that's also like miners, oil field workers, welders, anything to do with, I call it a man's world. I've been brought up into the bush and was raised by my grandfather. So I, for me, being in that type of world wasn't uncommon, but for a lot of women, it's like some of us call it a blue job more of a boy's job than a pink job but I absolutely fell in love with it and there's probably other women out there that are absolutely in love with firefighting as well or with any other jobs like construction mining oil field workers anything like that but back to PPE and being fit for a woman is huge because there's been times I've been out on the fire line and I've seen other girls out there and they don't have clothing that fits them. I've seen coveralls on girls way too big, too loose. And being in a woman's mind, we always want to look good, whether we're in rummaging around in the dirt with the boys or not. And it's not only just looking good, it's actually feeling comfortable as well. I remember my first year being out there and wearing coveralls that didn't fit me properly. I was constantly concerned that my coveralls were going to get in the way. I was going to get snagged on something. I was going to get caught on something. And or else it was trip slips and falls, right? That's else, how else people hurt themselves out there. And it's just a subconscious thing. And I thought, well, you know, if I felt comfortable and I knew that I was safe, then my mindset isn't on that. It's more about being on the job and about what my objectives are of that day and not worrying about my clothing, not worrying about how I look, not worrying about my safety of my clothing. It shoots back to the very first year that I started wildland firefighting. I had a pair of coveralls and I was stuck with those for four seat, uh, four tours. Um, they ripped there. I was constantly trying to mend them. I was constantly looking for other clothes. Nothing was fitting and I was just getting frustrated. Like it was just, and I was like, damn it, I got to go back out with the same set of coveralls that are ripped and they're no longer safe for me to wear. And I was worried about it. And that was just a little dream that I had in my head driving one day. I was just like, this is this is ridiculous. Why isn't there anything for women? Like we've been in this industry for many years to begin with. This is just ridiculous. 
So I just had a dream and I thought about it for a long time, like I said, and then I put it down on paper and then I shared that information with some people and they thought I had a great idea and then they started to support me slowly, smallly. And it's, I've been working on this the last couple of years. It's still like the foundation is laid for it. But now we're starting to add these building blocks to um, expand this and make it better. So my clothing is not only just for firefighters. Everybody thinks it's just for firefighters. It's not. I wanted to make sure that women and men were being safe and while being equal friendly in the firefighting world and other industries out there. We've dealt with um, here in BC, 2000. Eight, 2017 and 18 we had mega fire years it was kind of slow the last couple of years but 2021 was a huge hit for us most of bc was on fire we struggled to find more firefighters nobody wanted to work because of covid <laughs> and that's another thing we struggled out there with covid as well uh, a lot of my co-workers ended up getting covid um, from camps and stuff like that and some of the camps that we were in were well, somewhat well, trying to take care of their firefighters. But it's hard when we're all living in those big camps. But still, that doesn't mean that it's not there. It sounds like fighting a war. Like, I mean, you, it sounds like the military, really, because you're at the fire line, which is like the line of fire, correct? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. it's very similar to fighting a war. And, and being in a war zone. And you're not wrong about that. At um, my first year of fighting fires, that's exactly what I thought it was like being in the middle of a war because it's super loud out there. You have helicopters flying above you, dropping water. You have bombers flying over you, dropping retardant. Um, it's, the fire is loud itself. Um, you could be standing there in the middle of the bush and all of a sudden it's just like, and trees are coming up behind you on fire and like, whoa. Where'd that come from? <laughs> so it was pretty intense this year, I thought. Usually I just stay in the Okanagan, but I it was quite hectic. I needed to be with my people as well. I needed to go home and try to mellow out. It was quite stressful. A lot of things are happening. Like a uh, few firefighters did get injured this year. Nothing um, life-threatening, thank God. Um, but we're all in this together. And whether we're working for ministry or subcontractors or uh, we had uh, other people from different provinces come in this year. So we had Mexicans come in this year and we also had Alberta come in. They were great to work with. Um, it's always a pleasure working with new people and from different provinces in different countries. It's always nice because um, one day I would like to, you know, support them as well. If they call us, I'd be over there in a heartbeat to help them. Right. Well, let's talk about what drives you. I mean, most of us have a fear of going into the fire. Most of us want to run out of the fire. And you are one of those noble people who are running towards the fire. So where does that motivation come from? That's a good question. Um, I don't think anybody's ever really asked me that question before. To me, it's an adrenaline rush. Like, I don't do drugs anymore, drink once in a while, but to me to get in there and my heart's thumping and my adrenaline's going, uh, I feel like I'm invincible at that point and I feel like I can conquer anything. 
um, just to have that little bit of excitement. And that's what keeps me going because not all fires are the same. You can be in different terrains and different aspects and different fuel types and fire acts differently around everything. So most people say that it's like you can't determine where fire is going, but if you actually understand how fire works, that you can predict most of its actions. Hence why I became a burn boss as well. But I love fire and I always have. It's always been a part of me. It's a part of my culture as well to burn to because we need fire. Fire is actually a part of the ecosystem. Everybody thinks, oh, these big fires are coming toward our houses. Well, you got to remember, we built those houses in the middle of the bush first. <laughs> a healthy forest needs a fire to rip through there every seven years. I'd rather us log our trees than have them burnt. We have a ton of trees. We can be making money off of this and we can also be regenerating the ground. So if we cut down our trees, we have our slash piles, we come in and burn them. Um, once we do that, it puts nitrogen back into the fuel or sorry, back into the soil and it promotes new growth. Uh, we need fire to uh, crack pine cones because that what brings out the tree seeds certain bushes and berries and stuff like that plants need fire to recirculate also once the fire rips down there if we're in like a heavy fueled area trees will fall down which opens the canopies up and the sunlight comes in and hits the ground which we get new grass coming in which brings in more animals right so it's part of my culture i've known this for years it was brought into us as a young age and i just took that and i just made it my own so not only am i a firefighter but i like to support my people as well in this community and in our inner territory to promote uh new forests um safe forests for all of us to be in and healthy ones as well nature always finds a way always well in the spirit of growth and nurturing growth how is business now and what is happening with your business a little farther down the line good question so i'm planning so this year um we're trying to get a bigger facility for manufacturing um, which would be huge because there's nothing here in the East Kootenays at all, or let alone in this region um, for manufacturing of anything. So we're trying to adapt something here closer, which I would really like to do because it makes business for me a lot easier. So once we patent or design a little, we're going to redesign a few things with the PPE. Um, we're going to eventually get into an underwear line. So the um, we always wear two layers with our PPE. So underneath our PPE, we wear another layer. So um, in the firefighting world or in any world that wears FR, you know that you can't have any uh, synthetic clothing. So which boils down to, have you ever heard of a cotton bra? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and for those that don't know, FR is flame retardant, right? That's what you're talking about. Fire resistant. Fire resistant. Fire resistant. Sorry yes. about that. That is a big That's difference. A, yeah. So I want to get it into an underwear line. So it's not just for um, like us wildland firefighters. I was more thinking into my, my structural firefighting side. So um, a lot of the fire departments around here are volunteer. So we get those two o'clock in the morning phone calls um, and you're jumping out of bed. Right. Um, you got your PJs on 
and you're just going straight to the truck to get to the fire hall. And then once you get to the fire hall, you jump into your turnout gear. Well, you want to make sure that you're not wearing synthetic clothing. Now, if you're not too sure what synthetic means, it means it's a fiber strung in with plastic. So a lot of recyclable materials are used into this, which is good. But for as a firefighter or anybody dealing with FR, you don't want to deal with synthetic clothing because it is made out of plastic and it will melt to your body, which it can be very painful to get off. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's where I come in with all natural materials. So I'm thinking like cotton, hemp, wool, stuff like that. Uh, Once it starts to burn, it smolders and it doesn't melt to your skin. So I wanted to do this underwear line, including socks, underwear, um, like PJ pants or quarter pants, um, T-shirts, bras, stuff like that for everybody, not just females, but also males. And so when they have those two o'clock in the morning phone calls that they can just go jump into their turnout gear and not worried about what they're wearing underneath if they're going into a hazard situation and still knowing that they're safe, right, in their PJs right? (laughs) It it would be great for multiple things like minors, everything. Um, Even it doesn't even have to be for anybody in that world. It could be anybody because it's not FR. So it's not flame resistant. It's, it's more of like a casual wear if you wanted to, so that it opens up the market to everybody and not just limited to some other people, right? When you started your own business, it's a risk. It's always a risk to go into business for yourself. Mm-hmm. How did you do that? I mean, how did you put fear aside and jump in? I'm kind of spiteful sometimes. So when people tell me I can't do things, I'll do them. <laughs> or that's a bad idea. I'm like, well, you know what? You may think it's a bad idea, but I'm going to try it. And if I don't succeed at it, that's okay, but at least I tried it. What advice would you give to someone who is working a full-time job, has an idea, living in rural remote Canada, a female, and they have an idea, but they're a little bit afraid? I mean, what, what would advice would you give them? It's okay to be afraid and nervous. Like, that's just us being um, human, but you have to overcome that little person saying that you can't do it, right? You never know unless you try. For any woman out there who has an idea, I think that you need to put that idea on paper and you need to take that piece of paper and you need to bring it to somebody who will believe in you. And sometimes there's going to be those people who don't believe in you. But when one door closes, there's always another door that you can open. You just have to find that door. There's persistence. It's your dream, your passion, make it happen. Just keep pursuing it over and over again. I said my little dream, my little imagination when I was driving down the road thinking, huh, I should start a company. And now it's rumbled into this. And this is my first year with my clothing on the fire line. But that's a massive step from a few years ago. Huge step. Never thought I wanted it out on the fire line last year. It didn't happen because I ran out of funds because of COVID, um, not working and stuff like that. But this year it happened and it was a very proud moment for myself. Um, I never thought and a lot of people told me I couldn't, but I did it. And there it is. (laughs) You're truly an inspiration to so many. And 
Thank you for your service and protecting the people that you do. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, Ashley. Well, thank you for reaching out with me. It was quite an honor to be on your podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and leave a review. It really helps others find us. Clearing a New Path podcast artwork is supported by the graphic design of Katie Wilhelm, and the music branding is by Imagine a Dev Studios. The podcast is produced by Radar Media in Temp Centre, Ontario. It is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and neutral peoples who once used this land as their traditional beaver hunting grounds. The First Nations communities closest to this studio are Chippewa of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, Muncie, Delaware First Nation, and the Chippewas of Kettle and Stony Point. We will speak to many people across Turtle Island, and as a settler here, I'm committed to deepening understanding of Indigenous communities and reframing responsibilities to land and community. I am grateful to Mother Earth for the opportunity for love and connection, and to the spirits of the elders and the medicine people who still walk the earth. Until next time, 